What's up, everybody? College Basketball Recruiting Weekly. We are back, and the July recruiting period is over. I'm 24-7 Sports Director of Scouting Adam Finkelstein. I'm going to welcome in my colleagues Eric Bossi and Travis Branham. We are going to break down everything we learned in the past month, beginning with a draft of the 15 best prospects we saw all month long. Then we're going to go over some of the summer superlatives. When it's all said and done, you will know everything that happened in the last four weeks and what college coaches are walking away with. Don't go anywhere. It's all coming up next. All right, guys, July is over and lots of things have changed. To recap this, we are going to do a draft of the 15 best prospects regardless of class. Now, to be clear, this is not necessarily a preview of what our collective 24-7 rankings will look like, but in this case, just our three individual opinions. Again, any prospect, regardless of class, is eligible for this draft. Travis, you are on the clock with the first pick in the 2023 24-7 sports draft. This is not an easy selection by any means, but the first pick in the 2023-24-7 sports draft, I am going with Cooper Flagg. Reason being, coming off this outstanding Peach Jam run that he led his main United team on, what ultimately separated him, in my opinion, was the off-ball defense, blocking nearly nine shots a game, while also bringing the offensive versatility that we have long seen out of him. His ability to make shots, make plays for other people, and put the ball on the ground just can take over the game and impact the game at an extremely high level in so many different facets. And I think that's something that, uh, especially, again, that off-ball defense that is an ultimate separator for him. All right, the number one pick goes to Cooper Flagg. Congratulations. Uh, General Manager Bossy with the second pick in the draft. Who are you selecting as the next best overall prospect in all of high school basketball? I tell you what, this must have been what it felt like back in 1981 when the Detroit Pistons were able to get Isaiah Thomas at number two overall. I love Give that. me A.J. Dibanta at number two. The big six foot seven pushing six foot eight wing. There's just too much to ignore about him to like that you have to take into account. When it comes down to it, the game of basketball is going and about going and creating a bucket, and there is nobody in high school basketball more adept and more well suited to go and get his own bucket one on one than AJ Dibanza. He's improving as a shooter. He's an elite athlete, and he's also got a bit of a killer mentality that we're seeing. And after leading the Nike EYBL in scoring as a rising sophomore, he's my pick at number two. AJ Debanza, and I will uh, give my local region a shout out. The top two prospects in the country, regardless of class in this draft, both from New England. But unfortunately, I will not be taking uh, one of my local products with the third overall pick in the draft. I'm going to go Cam Boozer, as we've discussed on this show, Boozer. Uh, was playing through illness, through uh, the, some of the most glaring parts of the summer, at least some of the most public parts of the summer. Wasn't at his best at Peach Jam, but I think it's easy to forget just how good he is and how much he impacts winning. We are talking about an elite passer, a very good rebounder, a versatile defender, and a highly skilled offensive player at six foot nine, whose shooting splits were absolutely off the charts in the EYBL regular season. All right, those are the top three picks in the draft. Interesting that they are all underclassmen. With the fourth pick, let's see if we have another underclassman or if we are going to get a rising senior. Trav, we are back to you. Who is the fourth best overall prospect in all of high school basketball? I'm continuing with the underclassman dominance here, and I am going with Darren Peterson, a six foot five combo guard 
that is extremely dynamic with basketball in his hands. He can score from all three levels, has a physically impressive body. He is college ready today when it comes to just how physically built he is, how gifted he is athletically, and just that dynamic skill set he brings to the floor to go with elite instincts and feel for the game. Uh, scores from all three levels again, but can also pass and, and see the floor really well. I think that's an area of uh, of potential growth for him that he can continue to tap into and ultimately uh, reach out into his ceiling. So extremely talented po- player here who I actually think isn't far off in the conversation when we talk about that big three that we just saw selected. All right. Interestingly enough, uh, the first guard, and yet we still have not had a senior. We should also mention that Peterson announced recently he's headed to Huntington Prep for his junior season, although like Cooper Flagg, there is some speculation that he could be a reclass candidate before it's all said and done. To recap, we've got Cooper Flagg, we've got A.J. DeBonza, we've got Cameron Boozer, and now we've got Darren Peterson. That leaves us with the fifth pick in the best overall prospect draft. Bossy, who is number five? The class of 2024 is finally on the board. I'm taking Ace Bailey, a six foot eight small forward out of McEachern High in Powder Springs, Georgia, a native of Tennessee. I'm a sucker for long, athletic wings with upside, and that's everything that Bailey is. He's a big time athlete. He can get out and create the ball or create a shot with the dribble off of the wing. He can help protect the rim off of the help side. He's just scratching the, the surface of his potential. He's also almost a full year young for the class of 2024. So I like that youth on his side. The more I see from him, I can't help but be reminded of a young Andrew Wiggins. And I think there's a lot to like with the Rutgers bound Ace Bailey. All right. Now, if you've watched this show in the past, you know, Travis is on record is saying he thinks Ace Bailey is the number one prospect in the rising senior class. Bossy now co-signing that because he takes Ace Bailey above Dylan Harper. Well, with the sixth overall pick in the draft, and remember, this is everybody's individual opinion. This is not a collective uh, group opinion. I'm going Dylan Harper. Might I have taken him early? We don't know. You're going to have to wait a few weeks. We're going to have to keep talking about it. Dylan Harper is, to me, the most productive, the most consistently productive player in the rising senior class. We've talked about him many times on this show. He's so big in the backcourt, so versatile, so poised. The ability to play different roles. He can be the alpha like he was with the New York Rens, or he can fit in and play a supporting role like he did with USA Basketball. He is uniquely able to come in and impact winning at the college level, in my opinion. Now, does he have the same upside Ace Bailey has? I don't know. We're going to keep digging in. In fact, I'm going to be in Atlanta very shortly to kind of further study these two at the Elite 24. But we do now have the top six picks in our best overall draft, including finally two rising seniors in Ace Bailey and Dylan Harper. That brings us to the seventh pick in the draft. Travis, you are back on the board. Who are you taking? First off, I have to say, Bossy, I'm extremely upset and jealous that you did take Ace Bailey. I was hoping he was going to slip through the cracks and fall back down to me. Uh, Elite talent. But with the number seven overall pick, I am going with Caleb Wilson, a native of Georgia, Georgia, uh, a player that I'm extremely high on who has immense potential uh, and to me is a top five prospect. Honestly, he could be top five on this board, but on my 2025 board, he is inside that top five. There's a lot of Jabari Smith to him. Six foot nine, six foot ten, power forward. He can stretch the floor, comfortable putting the ball on the deck, a tremendous passer. He can block shots, he rebounds, pushes the break, a do-it-all power forward. It has that versatility and skill set that we long to see. And also 
he has yet to start filling out his body. He's a really impressive athlete already, already despite being so thin. So as he continues to get stronger and more mature, uh, I really see him becoming a better shooter and more able to impact the game defensively. Uh, an extremely impressive talent, and I couldn't be more excited that you guys pass on him all the way down to here. All right, well, speaking of passing on him, Bossy, you are up next, and uh, there's a certain someone that Travis has advocated for many times in the past who is still on the board. So with the eighth overall pick in the uh, best prospect regardless of class draft who you got i'm taking north carolina bound drake powell and once again i'm stealing one of travis's uh guys and i'm a big i'm a big powell fan too obviously i think he's set himself as a pretty clear top five player in the class of 2024 he's an elite athlete i think he's probably the best perimeter defender in the class of 2024 his shot is better than people realize. And the thing that I really like about Powell that sets him up for the long term and why I like him so much in this spot is I think he is severely underrated as a playmaker and his ability to get others involved is something that we're going to see unlocked at the college level and most likely beyond at the NBA level in the very near future. All right. So Bossy, who I think it was two weeks ago, went on record as saying Drake Powell was in the top three on his personal board in the rising senior class has backed that up. Drake Powell becomes the third rising senior to come off the board. All right, I am up next, and I tell you what, fellas, I am going to go production over potential. I'm taking Koa Pete. While everybody else is playing 16 and under, this guy's never played 16 and under. He played 17 and under as a high school freshman, and what did he do? He led the three SSB in scoring in just April of his freshman year. He's been equally dominant this year as a sophomore. He was equally dominant uh, with USA Basketball. Uh, during the course of the summer. What I love about him is not only is he productive, but he's expanding his game while maintaining his productivity. We've seen his body change. We've seen him evolve as a ball handler and kind of take on, I don't want to call him a point forward yet, but he's got some of that big playmaking potential in terms of his ability to put the ball on the floor and create for himself and others. So when it comes to players who are able to impact a high school game right now and project is the most immediate impact college players, Koa Pete is very high on my board and I am going to take him with this pick. Travis, that brings it back to you. Who you got now? I'm going with an extremely similar, similar philosophy, actually the exact same. And I'm going with Tyron Stokes, a Louisville native, playing out for prolific prep. Also 15 under, 2026 candidate, just 15 years old and playing up on the 17U circuit and being as productive as they come uh, and just an extremely impressive talent, physically gifted, 15 years old, but looks like he should be a college sophomore at this point. Uh, he impacts game in a bunch of different ways from rebounding to defending to slashing. Uh, his long-range jumper is definitely a work in progress, something that he has plenty of time to continue honing in on to become more consistent and reliable from three. But also, he's a really impressive passer. He's very mature for his age, sees the game uh, at a high level for being such a young prospect. Extremely productive, extremely talented. Absolutely love this pick. Down here, what are we at now? 10? That's 10. And if you're keeping score at home, here is the order. The first pick in the draft, Travis took Cooper Flagg as the best overall prospect in all of high school basketball, regardless of class. At number two, Bossy took A.J. DeBonsa, just a rising sophomore. Speculation, he could end up in that junior class. At number three, I took Cam Cameron Boozer as 
in my mind, one of the players uh, most ready to impact a, both a high school and a college game. At four, Travis took Darren Peterson, currently a rising junior, and the first guard to come off the board. That made four straight underclassmen to go. At five, we had the first rising senior when Bossy took Ace Bailey, currently ranked second overall. Could this be an indicator that he will overtake Dylan Harper for the number one spot? We'll know in a few weeks, but not far behind at number six. I took Dylan Harper, currently the top ranked rising senior in the country. The rest of the top 10 has been wrapped up by Travis taking Caleb Wilson, Bossy taking Drake Powell, myself taking Koa Pete, and Travis taking the second rising junior in Tyron Stokes. Bossy, that brings us back to you with the 11th overall pick, best prospect in the country, regardless of class, who you got. Yeah, um, you know, you and I got to carry it out here for the class of 2024 since Travis apparently hates them. I'm going with Flory Bedunga at number 11. You know, this wasn't necessarily an exercise where we walked in this thing. We're each trying to pick the best team for each other, but I couldn't help but bake that into what I was thinking a little bit. And I need a guy to run the floor, catch lobs, block shots, and dish out some intimidation. And that is, that is exactly what Flurry does. We're still waiting on a college decision out of him, which we think could be coming sooner than later. But give me Flurry to go catch lobs and scare every other big man that you guys might pick. All right, Flory Bedunga goes 11th overall and becomes the fourth rising senior to come off the board. Uh, at number 12, I'm going to take the fifth rising senior. And this would be, if this comes to fruition, this would be a significant jump because I'm going to go with VJ Edgecombe. Uh, he had a terrific senior season at Long Island Lutheran. He led the NIBC in scoring. And in the spring and the summer, he more than backed that up on the three SSB circuit. We are talking about an athletic and powerful wing who plays both ends of the floor, who is developing his guard skills, who can really defend when he buys into that end of the floor, and who we know can score the basketball. Again, if this is, ends up being indicative of where he is in the rankings, we are talking about a player who could be on the verge of a major jump because he becomes the fifth overall rising senior to come off the board at number 12. All right, we are down to our last picks. Travis, you have 13th overall. Who is the 13th best prospect in the country, regardless of class? Keeping it rolling with the underclassmen, I'm going with Brandon McCoy. You may not have heard much about him, but you will in the coming months and year ahead. An extremely impressive guard. He can play both on and off ball. Six foot three, six foot four, bouncy athlete, very instinctive and heady out on the court. Great anticipation when it comes to playing off the ball on defense. Dynamic ball handler can create and go get his own buckets, can pass, make tough shots. He's an extremely impressive uh, guard at this stage with how advanced he is in so many different areas. Somebody that if you don't know him already, you absolutely need to put him on your watch list and, and type him in up on YouTube. All right, Bossy, your final pick, 14th overall, best prospect, regardless of class, currently in high school basketball. Who you got? So we've already seen a couple of high-profile sons of NBA players get taken with uh, Cameron Boozer and Dylan Harper. Why don't I throw another one out there? Elijah Arenas, a six-foot-four combo guard. Rising sophomore from California, the son of, of Gilbert Arenas, one of the NBA's most microwave scorers ever. Elijah's awesome. He can really handle the ball. He navigates pick and rolls like a pro. He can shoot from deep. He can get to the rim. He's got a big frame to build on. 
And when you watch him play, you can tell he's grown up around pros in the NBA game because the pace he plays with is far beyond his years, and the guy just knows how to get it done. Give me Elijah Arenas to round out my picks. All right. Well, with the final pick in the top 15 uh, prospects in high school basketball, regardless of class, I'm going to go with the guy who came into the spring as the number one rising senior in the country, and that is Trey Johnson. Trey Johnson is a guy who can get his shot and score in bunches virtually any time he takes the floor. Now, we do need to see him get a little bit more efficient, but I think there's a lot of upside left in front of him. He operates off the dribble right now, but when you really watch him play, he's got a game that should be tailor-made to come off screens and play off ball. If he can make that adjustment in the college level and kind of model like the Rip Hamiltons, shout out to the CBS Sports HQ rep, and the Jason Tatums of the world at a similar stage, I'm not saying he's gonna be that level of player, but I think if those are the prototypes he studies, his best basketball could still be in front of him. The thing people don't talk enough about with Trey Johnson, the positional size and length. And shoes, this guy is six foot six, and he has, I believe, a plus five or plus six wingspan. He's continuing to grow into his body and get stronger. I think his best basketball is still very far in front of him. All right, that's gonna bring an end to the draft, but we are going to recap the classes here. Trav, you went with Cooper Flagg, Darren Peterson, Caleb Wilson, Tyron Stokes, and Brandon McCoy. And now what we learned, as Bossy said, is that you do not like the rising seniors whatsoever. Um, any thoughts on this group? Anyone you're particularly excited about? You don't like this, or you say I don't like this group of non-rising seniors. Until that is, they are actually, some of them are actually rising seniors. Yeah, some of them There's are, are going to end up could, seniors. Yeah. yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah great point. but <laughs> I actually do want to go back to Brandon McCoy. Um, this is a, he's a player that right now, on my personal 26 board, I would have him slide at number three behind Debanza, behind Tyron Stokes, just because they're both playing up and being so productive. But I don't think it's a far-fetched idea that when we – Fast forward here in about a year and a half going into their or two years going when they're going to be rising seniors. He could be pushing for number one. Granted, only if AJ DeBance is reclassified by that point. Uh, he is that impressive of a talent. If he keeps up on this trajectory, he's going to be in that conversation. Another reason why fans need to know about him. No doubt about that. All right, Bossy, to review uh, Team Bossy, you've got A.J. DeBonza, Ace Bailey, Drake Powell, Flory Badunga, and Elijah Arenas. You are going to pound this ball inside, but you got big athletic wings. What's the big takeaway for your group? If you like fun basketball, if you like high-flying basketball, if you value speed and athleticism, come on over and watch Team Bossy. I've got all of that, plus a skilled score from the outside in Elijah, in Elijah Arenas. My team is the future of basketball. Can't anybody beat it? I, I, I kind of like the DeBonsa and, and Ace Bailey group. I think there is some, there's some validity in the future of basketball there. All right, my squad. I went kind of old school. I picked the, uh, the production over potential. I've got Cam Boozer, Dylan Harper, Koa Pete, VJ Edgecombe, and Trey Johnson. You know, I tend to pride myself usually on, on who's going to pop in the future, but at some point in time, you just have to say, hey, who's going to win me a game right now? And guess what? These dudes, they're going to win games right now. Cam Boozer, yeah, he won a chip this year. Dylan Harper, he got to the semifinals. Koa Pete, he's proved himself at every step along the way. VJ Edgecombe, leading scorer in the NIBC. Trey Johnson, one of the best scorers in high school basketball. So if we're playing this game tomorrow, if this is about who are the best players right now, I like my squad. But hopefully that was a fun way to look back at the summer. And, and it's in all seriousness, 
The reason we did it this way is because one of our goals with our content about rankings and evaluations is to show that while we put out one cumulative list at the end of the day, even internally, we have different opinions. When we do stuff like this, it gets to show that who Travis thinks is number one may not be who I think is number one. Who I think is number one may not be who Bossy thinks is number one. And I think it's just a lot more accurate and a lot more authentic when we show some of the discrepancies that make up the scouting process, even internally. So we hope you enjoyed this. Stay with us, right, stay with us next, because we are going to break down much more about the summer coming up next when we bring in our own Deshaun London. All right, we welcome in Deshaun London to uh, join the group here. And now, guys, in this next section of our July recap, I'm going to pose four very important questions. We're going to go around the horn, get everybody's answer. The first one, I'm going to go back to a story from last summer. It was August. We were talking about updated rankings. I remember we were advocating a big jump for El Marco Jackson. Bossy, I don't know if you remember this or not, but you literally said, we're about to make this kid a McDonald's All-American because he was going to jump so high up in the rankings, we knew that would dictate what the perception of him was nationally. Sure enough, he went along to be a McDonald's All-American. So that is the motivation for the first question. The first question is this. Who is this year's El Marco Jackson? Meaning, who is the player who put himself in McDonald's All-American territory based on how well he played this summer? Deshaun, I will start with you. Yeah, for me, I'm going to have to go with Billy Richmond. And I say Billy because the leaps he's taken. Kind of earlier on, he's more of an athlete kind of. The athlete just gets downhill, but his game has evolved. He's a great defender. He's athletic. He can finish through contact, and his jump shot is improving. I know Travis was high on him very early on, and I think he's elevated himself to get in that conversation for McDonald's. I'm going to have to agree with Deshaun. He was definitely on, on my list of candidates for this, but I'm going to go with Patrick Gongba, a big man out of PVI and team takeover coming off the Peach Jam Championship. A guy that is a late bloomer, has made a massive leap already, but I don't think he's done climbing these rankings. If you look at his numbers, he's not going to jump off the page at you. But if you watch him in a game and how he can impact the game in so many different ways and impact winning at the end of the day, it's a no-brainer decision for me. And personally, when I'm looking at these top bigs of Flory Bedunga, Derek Queen, and Patrick Gongba, Patrick Gongba has a, has a case, in my opinion, to be that number one big man. Right now, he's not as exciting and flashy as the other two. But when you project what he's going to be in a year, especially when you look at how far he's come in the last year, uh, he, he can make another significant leap. And he's going to be a prize recruit for whoever ends up landing him. And to me, he's a top 15 uh, player in this 2024 class. Yeah, and you know, when we did the rankings update prior to the summer, especially in the spring, one of the biggest lightning rods for debate was Darion Reed. There were some really wide-ranging opinions on the 6-7 forward from Georgia who's going to attach prolific prep for his senior year. But now I think we all agree that he's a stud after what he did with Team Thad throughout the spring and the summer. Um can go and catch lobs, has showed the ability to hit shots from outside, is really active on the offensive glass, and is a guy who, me, to me, as you look forward at what translates to the college level and potentially even the NBA level, I think Reed is a guy who has put himself squarely in top 25 in McDonald's All-American game contention. Another guy who I think is going to be very firmly in the conversation for the McDonald's All-American game based on how well he played in the EYBL season is Khan Kanepel. I mean, this guy uh, finished as the leading scorer in the EYBL regular season. 
He did it with volume, but he also did it with efficiency. His shooting splits were off the charts. He may not look the part. He's not your flashy, long and athletic above the rim guy, but he is as skilled and as smart as they come. He can shoot it, he can play make, he can post, he can pass, and he can do it all efficiently. To me, he put himself in that McDonald's All-American range. All right, the second question here is, we talked about McDonald's All-American range, that's top 25. now. Who's the player who we think could have played their way into the top 50? Deshaun, again, I will start with you. Yeah, Adam, I'm going to have to go with Jaden Glover. And Glover is somebody who started from the bottom and really has raised. I think we have him at number 76 right now. And the main thing with him is that his confidence, and his confidence has taken his game to a whole new level. At 6'6", he could create shots for himself. He could shoot off the catch. He could get to the rim, and he's a very good defender. He's somebody who... We need to consider for top 50, and if he keeps playing this way and continues to play with confidence, sky's the limit for him. I'm going to go with Kayvon Mulready out of City Rocks. A dynamic or a high-floor combo guard. He can impact the game both on and off the ball. It's really tough. He's smart. Got a great instinct and feel for the game. A tremendous rebounder at the guard spot. He's just tough, productive, reliable as a decision-maker. An area he does need to improve on is, is improving as a becoming a more reliable and consistent long range shooter. Uh, but when you look at how he's going to translate to the next level, he's a guy when he steps foot on campus, he's going to be ready to make an immediate impact. When we were doing our pre-show prep, I happened to be lucky enough to jump in with this guy's name first in this category, Jackson McAndrew, because I think a few other of us would have liked to have him as well. Big shooter, almost six foot nine now out of Minnesota, recently, recently committed to Creighton. He is arguably the top shooter in the country, regardless of class. The stroke is clean, it's pure, but he can also put the ball on the floor and create for himself. Heading to play at Creighton, he's going to a good fit, and I'm sure when Greg McDermott was recruiting him, he couldn't help but be reminded of his own son, Doug McDermott. Jackson McAndrew making a big, a big splash in the summer and certainly worthy of top 50 consideration. All right, guys, I am boycotting this question because Bossy took my guy. Uh, Jackson McAndrew, to me, as everyone knows at this point, I'm a huge fan. Cosign everything Bossy said. Pure shooter, 6'9", 210, really mobile, uh, and I think his best basketball is still in front of him. Next question. This is a very limited point guard class in terms of the depth at the high major level. So... As the summer is now over and we get a chance to kind of look out at the total group of point guards, who is the guy that we are not talking enough about? Deshaun, you're up first. Yeah, and I think that's Robert Wright. I think Robert was very essential for that team final team that has Amanda Well and Jalopa Thea, who are also really good with the ball in his hand. He kind of holds, holds everything together with the way he's always looking for the next pass. He's very crafty, he could get through a defense, and he's just very unselfish. To go along with that, he's also he could give you 20 to 25 in his own right. So I think Rob is somebody that we need to look at. And when he goes to Montverde, I think he will continue to impress everybody with all the talent they have over there and the way he could get on the ball. I was unfortunately the last man to respond in our pre-show prep. So I got robbed of who I want to go with here. I'm going to let Fink have him. So I will go with LeBaron Fallon of Team Thad. A tough two-way point guard who impacts the game. He's a really impressive on-ball defender. He's got active hands, very quick, anticipates where the ball handlers will be going. He can really 
uh, caused some serious problems on the defensive end of the floor, but he's also really improved as a decision maker. He gets downhill, gets in the paint, creates for other people, and he can also score from all three levels. He has to continue improving as a decision maker, uh, but with it, with what he was able to show, it was a perfect fit with how he plays, that tough-minded game, getting up and down the court. It was a perfect fit with Team Thad, and it really shined a big, bright light on, on who he is as a player and true showed that he is one of the best point guards in the country. So if you don't know this about me by now, I live life on the edge. I like to take big, big risks. I'm going to take one right now and say Zoom Diallo, our number one ranked point guard in the class. I know you guys are all laughing at me, but in all seriousness, somehow this summer, although it's not the greatest point guard class, we've lost sight of just how good Zoom really is. And I was able to see him at the end of the summer and really appreciate the way he's improved his game over the years. You know, Travis and I both saw him a couple summers ago when he first burst on the scene. And he was just this strong, tough guy who lived on getting to the rim. He's made huge strides as a playmaker for, playmaker for others. He's a big time defender. He can get to the rim. He's improved his jump shot. He's a winner. He has two state titles under his belt. And he's heading to this loaded prolific prep team who has come up quite a bit with some of their players during our thing. But Zoom Diallo, I know it's not a big, big, you know, branch, big limb that I'm going out on, but I don't think we talk about just how good he is enough. And I'm going to go with Jace Richardson. Now, Jace Richardson is a prospect that is currently listed as a combo guard, and I think that's legitimate. He can play both on and off the ball, but I saw significant growth this season and this summer in particular uh, with him at the point guard position. He's long, he's athletic, he's got this wiry frame that's still filling out. Of course, he's the son of former NBA player Jason Richardson, a lefty as well. The thing that really stood out to me this summer, his ability to get paint touches and then spit it out in kind of a a penetrate and pitch style. There was also progression with his jumper. You add to that uh, the the fact that, that he can be explosive in the open floor, the fact that he's got defensive upside. He is someone that I I think when it comes down to it, college coaches are going to have to say, hey, there's not a ton of pure point guards in the class. There's only so many Zoom Diallos and Rob Wright. Who else do we give the ball to? Well, I think Jace Richardson becomes one of the very next names on that list. All right, the fourth and final question that I posed to the group was this. Sometimes in grassroots basketball, especially with the good work that a lot of the circuits do with presenting stats, I think there's a tendency to get a little too consumed with who's putting up numbers. It becomes more about the here and now and less about how players will translate to the next level. So my question is this, give me a player who may not be a team's leading scorer at the next level, but who is ready to impact winning with his shooting, with his defense, essentially who can contribute to winning on both ends of the floor. Again, Deshaun, I will go to you first. Yeah, for me, that has to be Isaiah Abraham. He's a perfect Swiss Army knife, and he's going to be great at UConn next year. He get downhill. He's athletic. He's very strong. He's a good finisher. But that's not even my favorite part about his game. It's his defense. I've seen him legitimately lock down point guards, and he could guard them one through four. I kind of see him as like an Andre Jackson type when he gets to UConn next year. And, yeah, he just does everything you need, but he probably won't be your first option when it comes to offense. I've pounded him into your all's brains for the last eight months. I'm going to keep pounding away. Drake Powell, he is an elite role guy. He is what has jumped out to me about him for so long. The numbers haven't always popped. Now they are after Peach Jam 
but it's been the way the way he plays. He's an impact role guy. He's an elite defender, an improving offensive player. He's really improved, particularly with his jump shot, and he's now become a far more reliable and consistent shooter. I think there's still some area where he can continue to grow there. But right now, at this point, shooting off the catch, getting spot jumpers is not a concern by any means anymore. But he's also a very impressive ball handler and slasher. He can get downhill and create for other people. A guy that doesn't need the ball in his hands to impact the game at an extremely high level when it comes to his defense, slashing, spot shooting, and rebounding. Uh, North Carolina has got a really impressive player coming to them. But he can be more than just a role player and eventually tap into being a focal point. Get a load of this guy, Travis. I thought I copped out picking Zoom Diallo as the point guard to get talked about enough. He goes with a guy who's maybe going to be in the top five as a role guy. But in all seriousness, this is a great question. I'm going to go right down the road and Tobacco Road with Darren Harris, a Duke commitment, who is a guy that I think we all agreed upon didn't have the greatest spring, but then was just absolutely awesome when it mattered most for Team Takeover, another another program we've mentioned a few players from today. He's a big-time shooter. He catches that thing with his feet set. He's going to make it. He's tailor-made for the Duke system, and I think he's a bit better on the defensive end than we give him credit for. And when you head to a program like Duke, from a program like Paul the Six, you're mentally ready to play. You're physically ready to play. And I just see him stepping into a role that's absolutely perfect for him on the next level. All right, fellas. Deshaun, you already mentioned this name, but I'm going to go with Jaden Glover as a player who is ready to impact winning on both ends of the floor, if not as an offensive focal point. Typically, especially for players in high school or this young age, there is an inverse relationship between length and shooting. If you're really long, sometimes the sheer geometry of shooting the basketball becomes a little more complicated. Jaden Glover is the exception to that rule. He's long and he's cut up, but he also shoots a very pretty ball. He's got a soft touch, he's got good loft, he's got rotation. That gives him legitimate two-way potential and kind of that three and D prototype. Now that term gets thrown around a lot on the internet um, and people don't necessarily use it in the way that, that it's used uh, in the, the college and certainly in the NBA ranks. But to be clear, the three and D prototype usually refers to someone who can be multi-positional and versatile on both ends of the floor. I think Jaden Glover is that. He's not gonna need to go in and get you 20 to help you win college games. He's gonna be able to defend, he's gonna be able to switch defensively, he's gonna be able to space the floor, and he's gonna be able to make shots. If the creation comes on, if the movement shooting comes on, he'll be even better. But bottom line, I think the floor could potentially be pretty high because of that unique relationship between his shooting and his length. All right, fellas, that is it for this summer wrap-up. Thank you so much for joining us. We will see you guys all again real soon.